welcome to Five Things in a Song. I am Om76, and to my left, a thousand miles away, is my co-host and friend, Patrick McGuire. You may know him as Upset Tummy on Twitter, and you all can also find him on his web series, Upset Tummy, on YouTube. Hi, Patrick. Hey, lady, and this is my lovely co-host, Om76, and you can find her at Om, A-H-M, 76, at Twitter. They know already. Well, do they? I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Because guess what, Um, What? We have listeners around the world to this podcast. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I saw that. That was really cool. We have, okay, we have uh, listeners in Singapore, Morocco, Rwanda, Australia, Canada, Great Britain. Great Britain? I've never heard of that. Where is that? It is, um, well, they broke away from... South Africa in the revolution of 1976 in the American Civil War. 1976, really? Yep. That's kind of recent. Two years ago, yeah. Um, it was a war over oil, and um, yeah, so we wish them luck. I want to really want to cater to the listeners who are not from America. Did you know that Singapore's uh, revolution from the UK is August 31st? Did you know that? Because I looked that up today on the internet. I had no idea. Why did you look that up on the internet? Because it, somebody from Singapore is listening to us and I want to know about Singapore. I had no idea that they were ruled by the UK. That's probably the last thing that person who listens to the podcast wants you to know about them. They're so impressed. Okay, actually, can I say this? If you're listening and you're from Singapore, can you please email us at five things in a song and just tell us about yourself, what you're doing over there, what your job is, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Are you single? Are you a girl? Uh, are you cute? Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so how was your week, Patrick? I have to ask you. Uh, the, I have to say, um, this was the worst week for me in recent memory. And uh, I thought I would just try to make it tolerable by making, making it a part of this show. So kind of throughout the show, I'm going to tell you through the things I'm going to talk about why this was such a difficult week. This recording probably doesn't sound as good because I'm recording on the generic GarageBand version of recording software on my Mac because my computer crashed. That was the first terrible thing that happened to me this week. I don't think you could top that. That sounds like the worst thing that could happen to a human being in this day and age. It's been traumatic. I've been uh, like a fish out of water. They put in a new hard disk. What is it? Hard drive. <laughs> See, that's how much I don't know anything about this. They put in a new hard drive, which was cool. And then they said, hey, we're going to give you new software, too, for my Mac. And then I said, great, except for the fact that it doesn't, it's not compatible with Pro Tools, my old recording software. So I have to use this dumb piece of crap. So they gave you the whole new operating system? They did. It's called Maverick. It's called Maverick, but that's not some kind of wild cat animal. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was picturing John McCain. Right. <laughs> Just an old man running for office who, you know, I'm not I'm not really rooting for him, but he's just at his heart, I think, kind of a sweet old man, and I don't really want anything to happen to him. That's how I'm viewing my computer uh, software right now. The official thing that I want to talk about tonight, the first thing, is Starbucks baristas. So, um, do you ever go into Starbucks and there's just the highly caffeinated, very annoying barista just chatting you up and they just won't stop? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a stereotype there. Yeah. Uh, so this week, and this actually happened to me, 
I just kind of wearily walked into a Starbucks in Denver, and uh, this guy was like, hey, bud, how's it going? How, what, what you got going for your Monday? And in my head, and this was the truth, I thought, uh, I have to fly to Seattle immediately to visit someone very close to me in a mental hospital. But instead of telling him that, I told him, I'm going Christmas shopping tonight <laughs> because <laughs> I just, because uh, I'm not going to tell a, you know, highly caffeinated barista that I don't know um, my problems. But Why does he even ask? Because what it is, it's 20, 20% authenticity, like he really wants to know, and 80% just caffeine mixed with his... Uh, him wanting to act like he really cares for his job, I think. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I had to fly to Seattle uh, to see somebody very close to me because they had a severe manic episode. It was really, really awful. And they're doing a little bit better now, but it's just kind of one of those experiences when if you've ever been to one of those places, it's basically how they portray it in a movie. Really scary, really, really terrible. I have some bipolar members in my family, so I'm familiar with how that can go sometimes it's one of those things i don't know just makes you see the world uh really differently when you see some things like that yeah gosh i'm bringing i'm bringing this podcast down anyway let me let me bring it back to the starbucks thing so why what is with the venti grande bullshit why can't they say small medium and large well, you were up in Seattle, so you should have just asked them at corporate headquarters while you were there, since that's where they're from. I, sh- I should have. I It just bothers me so much. And now I always do this. I'll just say, hey, can I have a medium latte? And they'll say, sure, a grande latte. And I'll just say, no, no, a medium. And, th- and they'll say, well, that's kind of what we call a, a medium, sir. And I'll go, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Because grande actually means big. <laughs> Doesn't mean medium. It, it's so stupid. It's just, right? yeah, it, I don't know. It's just this this hoop that you have to jump through and I hate it. And it's just, it's dumb. There are real Italians there in Starbucks. They don't understand <laughs> you if you speak English. I was going to school in California a long time ago and I was 19 and we drove up from Redding, California to Seattle. But on the way we stopped in Portland and we got some coffee and I was 19 and I just didn't know. So I was ordering coffee at a real place. I said, can I have a grande coffee? And they said, no, not here. You can't. That's Starbucks. That's next door. You know what I mean? And it was this it was this girl, the coolest girl I've ever seen. And she just made me feel like an idiot. And it shaped me as a, as a man, I think. Well, I go into Burger King all the time and order Big Macs and McNuggets and nobody gives me shit. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Could your week get any worse? Is there anything else that happened to you that's awful? Uh, could my week get any worse? Yes, it will. And I'm going to reveal that in my next thing. Okay. Later on in the show. My first thing is mixtapes. Ooh. You know about mixtapes. You know what they are, at least. I do know what they are, everybody, because this week, Om sent me a Christmas present, which was, it was a mixtape. Filled with very good music, and it was the Daniel Johnston documentary. Getting those gifts, that was probably the best part of my week. So, thank you, Mom. You're welcome. So, I wanted to talk about mixtapes because I am really mourning the lost art of the mixtape. Um, it's it's really a dead art form, which is sad for those of us who grew up with them because the mixtape is like a letter that you send that's meant to be read over and over again. 
Would you agree? Yeah. I. This is funny, though, because I just feel like I missed out on all that stuff. I missed out on all the mixtape things and punk bands and like when it was still relevant and cool and all that sort of shit. And I just feel like that was 15 years before my time. Yeah, you had to grow up with bullshit like Pogs and Pokemon. Yeah. And now that's Magic the Gathering and Skrillex. It's, I mean, how are these kids even going to make it? I don't know. It's sad. So that's why I want to talk about mixtapes, because a lot of people listening to this might not even have ever seen one or gotten one. And to me, that is just the saddest thing ever. Because, of course, nowadays you can post a playlist to Spotify. Or if you want to be super old school, you can create a zip file of MP3s and upload it to a Dropbox for your friends to retrieve. Right. Because even now, MP3s are kind of almost getting sort of passe, right? Yeah, they're on their way out. So but none of that compares to a mixtape because mixtapes are handmade. You have to gather each track by hand and copy it over to the tape one by one. And then the J card inside the tape case is handwritten. And if you're cool, you'll put like artwork in there. The most important aspect of a mixtape is the fact that you can't skip tracks. I mean, you can fast forward, of course, but since there's no way to tell when the next track starts, most people will just sit through the song. Most modern people would consider that to be a pain in the ass, like a detriment. But the inability to skip the track is actually a benefit in disguise. Some of the best music takes a while to permeate your, your brain. A lot of great songs aren't particularly catchy when you first listen to them. And uh, if you hear them over and over, they start to finally like sink into your to your being. It was cool because I because obviously I got your mixtape this week, and what you're saying is really true. Because because there would be sometimes where a song would come on, and I would say I'm not sure if I'm that into Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, and then I listened to the whole thing, and I really liked it. I think making a mixtape is totally nerve wracking. It's uh, like I feel anxiety when I make one because I have to second guess every track that I select. You know, because you're, especially if you're not familiar with what the person's tastes are, you're kind of hoping that you don't hand them anything that they already have a strong opinion about. Because mm-hmm. you're actually trying to, I think, that you're trying to give them a piece of you. And, and it's supposed to be like an introductory thing. It shouldn't be like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a mixtape of all the songs that are on the radio that everyone knows. No one has tape decks anymore. So me pushing the mixtape is kind of, a pointless endeavor. It, it is weird, though, that we kind of missed out on that. Um, and it was something, I don't know, It's it's it was something like really important and really special just a few years ago. And that's just gone now, you know, but a lot of things are, a lot of things are gone. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like sinking into a depression. I need to stop. <laughs> like a lot of things are gone now. <laughs> Do you have a tape deck or like a Walkman portable? Thing? It's in my car. Oh, shit. Awesome. I have one, too. It just stopped working. Oh, yeah. Mine does this thing where it keeps every, you know, hour or so of listening to the tape. It just, like, tries to spit it out and then for no reason. Uh, and it just goes, and it's, like, the most annoying thing ever. <laughs> so sometimes I'm driving with one hand and I'm trying to push my fingers down on the tape with the other hand to make it work. <laughs> Swallow it. <laughs> and I'm really frustrated. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, but old technology's rad though, right? It is rad. Let's bring it back and let's not slide into a depression. I will, I'm not. I'm I'm getting better. You are? Why don't you just cry it out right now? <laughs> oh, I, th- this week I definitely did just cry in the Seattle airport for a good 15 minutes. 
just and people just moved away from me because they couldn't handle it oh <laughs> it my was, god it was sad that's really brave to cry in public yeah but it was just it made me feel way way better just because i had just been i'm not i'm not talking about the computer crashing or anything else that made me sad it was just you know uh that uh arapaho school shooting that was in littleton where i grew up and I was wondering if one of my students went there and then their parents got back to me and said that she didn't and I was just kind of crying out of relief but also for this person who was suffering in the hospital, you know, it's just, it's a pretty good occasion to cry. So I didn't feel like I was being uh, overly emotional or, or weak or anything. I just felt like that was appropriate and it felt really good to cry. Yeah, you, you have to. I think it's smart. I think a lot of men just hold in their cries too long and it's bad for them. Yeah, then you, yeah, it makes you impotent if you do that. Then your dick doesn't work. So, um, have you had to move back in with your parents anytime recently? No, not recently, but I definitely have in the past. Okay, because I did today. And here's the thing. It's not because I'm out of money or something like that. Although I am poor as hell, as we all know. But I had a I had a fight with my roommate over him raising the rent and not telling me. And so I blah, 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 gave him a month's notice. But he wanted the month's notice to start at the beginning of the month instead of the 15th. Like it matters. I know, exactly. And so we just got into a big thing. And then I said, fuck it. And I moved uh, temporarily for the next month into my mom's basement which is where I'm going to reside until I move in with my drummer and we're going to move in together and uh, we're all going to write our next album for Flashbulb Fires, which is good and that's that's a hopeful thing in the future. But for now, I'm back in my parents' house. So, Mom's Basement, that sounds awesome. It sounds like you're just going to have to write like a punk album about how hard it is to be a teen. <laughs> it's so hard being a teen like me. It's so hard being a kid like me. Yeah. I think those weeks in your mom's basement will be really good fuel for your next album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's uh, it's kind of funny. Oh, I'm about to get real here. All right, I'm going to get real here. So there's this girl I've been talking to on Tinder. A Tinder. Yep, that's still a thing. And she's uh, she her family lives here, but she lives in New York. And so she's going to come back for Christmas and I'm like, I don't think anything's going to happen. But if it if it gets to that point, like we hang out, like I've never met this girl. But if it did, then I have to say, oh, yeah, I had a fight with my room with my roommate. And so I had to move back in with my mom for a month until I move in with our drummer. And she's going to think, no way, you've never lived outside of your mom's house like you all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's just not going to believe me. So <laughs> you have to just keep everything in boxes to make it really apparent that you don't really live there. That's a good idea. Or you just have music shit everywhere and girls will go crazy for that shit. <laughs> it won't even matter. You'd be like, more money for you, baby. <laughs> yeah, girl. Let's get some Froyo, frozen yogurt. <laughs> I like how you say Froyo, frozen yogurt. Because there's a place called Froyo in Denver. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally serious. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> what was it like when you uh, moved in with your folks the last time? Uh, it was a while ago, Patrick, and I barely remember, but I had to move into my brother's room because my sister, uh, who came way later, (laughs) my sister is way younger than me and she was living in my old bedroom. So I had to live in my brother's room 
And I think I lived there for three months or something. The hardest thing was my mom wanted to put a bunch of curfews on me, even though I was in my mid-20s. So she wanted me home at a certain hour. And I'm like, Mom, you can't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, well, I can't, you can't do that. I, I can't sleep unless I know where you are. Or if, you, if you're not home, I worry about you. So it's just for my own peace of mind. Like, whatever. It's just for your own control freak, controlly nature. <laughs> my mom is uh, is just like that, too. She, she's so funny, though. Because she's so, she's very, very supportive of my music stuff. And I told her all about this podcast and she's, she's like, I'm going to listen to every episode. And I said, don't listen to the first one where I talk about wearing condoms and, you know, not lasting long at sex. <laughs> I just don't want you to have an insight to that part of my life. Did you <clears throat> tell her why not to listen to it? Yeah. I said, I t- mom, I talk about condoms and we get really dirty. Oh, well, if you already told her. Yeah. It's nothing I haven't heard before. And it's like, well, you don't know. This is getting really weird. weird I don't understand USA. when people say that, that it's nothing they haven't heard before. Like, as if things can only be offensive the first time you're exposed to them. Is that true? Like, where does that come from? That is, yeah, that's that's such a good point. That just because you've heard it before, you're prepared to keep hearing the thing. That's from your son. But, you know, living here, it's not going to be too bad. Like there's like the Internet works, which I did not have at my old place, which is a big qualm I had with my old roommate. So that's all done. Oh, by the way, my old roommate, because I don't want to go on a poop talking rampage, but I knew there was a red flag because I moved in with him in June and he's in his 40s. And he told me, yeah, I've never had a good roommate before. So I really hope you're the one. <laughs> oh man. And in hindsight it's it's like, dude, if you're in your forties and you haven't had a good roommate yet, uh, you know, they haven't been up to your specifications, you're not gonna get one. You've you've been the bad roommate in every situation. God, that's a good point. That was my thought. It's like the same with dating. If someone says they've like every woman they've dated is crazy, <laughs> you're like, No, you're the problem for sure. Is that a is that a jab at me? I feel kind of bad because all my things are lighthearted this week and you've just had the worst week ever. But um, <laughs> uh, my next thing is clothing swaps. Um, I went yesterday to a clothes, clothing swap party. So all of us have clothes in our closet that we don't want anymore. Um, like women do anyway. And um, most of us don't take our donations right away. We let them kind of amass in a big bag. And then when we get enough, then we take them down to Goodwill. The clothing swap party is where a bunch of ladies get together and bring all their giveaways and dump them out all over the host's apartment. And then everyone just goes nuts going through other people's stuff, seeing what they want. So it's it's cool because it's kind of like, it's like a hangerless thrift store where everything is free. It's better than a thrift store because um, there's snacks and drinks and um, girls get down to their underwear Whoa. and start trying things on. So it's like a big skivvy party. Uh, it's it's like every teen boy's fantasy of what a girl party is like. Wow. The, the first thought that came to my mind was uh, like a farmer goes into a hen house and just pours a bunch of grain in the middle of the floor <laughs> and, the, and the 
the chickens just go ape shit. They're just like, ah, ah, and they're just like pecking each other and just like fighting each other to get to the middle. Like that was Yeah, it would, thought. I think there would be more fights, but this stuff is all kind of like used castaways. So it is like thrift store stuff. It's not like brand new. It's not stuff to go ape shit over, but it is, it is cool still. It's still fun. Um, and I feel bad for dudes because they would never do this, even though I think that it'd be just as useful and fun for them, but they just would never. They would never swap clothes. They would just think it's too gay. You're so right. And it, it actually makes me think of this bigger thing, which is that I think guys have less, unless you're doing traditional manly crap, like you're hunting or you're fishing or you're building a, <laughs> building a barn or some shit. There seems to be all these occasions for women where they do that. It even makes me think of how women kind of have the, or how up until kind of recently, baby showers were just for women. Yeah. And how that's kind of, I mean, and I like how that's changed because it's like, dude, just because I'm a man doesn't mean I'm not excited that my friend or my sister or somebody had a baby. I'm just, you know, I'm excited maybe in a different way. But yeah, like, but baby showers are bullshit. You should be happy you don't have to go to them. Well, I went to my my sister-in-law's from when my niece was born and I thought it was cool. Like You thought it was cool? Did well, they play those games? Yeah, actually, that was a few years ago. It was okay. Or, no, actually, <laughs> hold on. I'm thinking of, here's the good one, our guitar player, Michael, the very chic, tall Mike, Michael. He he and his wife had a baby, and they rented out this place called the Beauty Bar in Denver. And they had, a, they had like, a tequila tasting for the guys, but not enough guys, like, drank the tequila. And so somebody was like, Patrick, there's too much tequila. We need your help. And I got really, really drunk. And it was very fun. That's not a real baby shower, just FYI. If if that's what you think baby showers are like, you're wrong. Most baby shower invites, you're just going to be super stoked that you don't have to go. I was getting drunk for that baby in celebration. <laughs> and when she's old enough, I'll tell her. I'll say, Olivia, for your baby shower, I got hammered. You know, they say, scientists say that uh, women bond through communication and men bond through shared activities. So, men, you should get together and swap clothes and go shopping together and, and do all the things that women do. It's not, it's not, it's not gay. It's fun. It's called, it's called bonding. I, I feel like I need more, more male friends. So maybe I'll just go out into public and I'll just sort of try to chat up some males. And I'll just say, hey, pal, uh, what do you do to build muscle? Or I'll say, <laughs> how are the fluids in your car, buddy? You know what I mean? Just real guy stuff. Christmas is getting close, and I wanted to talk about best Christmas. Um, since you've been in such a shitty mood all week, <laughs> I want you to turn that frown upside down and tell me about the best Christmas that you've ever had. Hmm. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um. You know, I I guess I it's kind of funny because I can. The, the one that just pops into mind first is uh, when I was 14. My, my dad, he, he's, a very, he's a very funny character, and he doesn't listen all the time. But when I was 14, I think I was, I didn't even talk about it a lot, but I just kind of, you know, mentioned in passing one day, hey, I'd like to play guitar. And I had no idea that he would buy me a guitar for Christmas, and he did. Uh, and it turned out to be the best thing he could have done in his life. You know, he could have, he, he, he's failed me in a few ways and he's failed our family and 
He's not a bad dad by any means, but, you know, he's definitely let us down and let me down in a lot of ways. But that was one way where he just really listened. And when I was 14, he got me a guitar, and I just have not put it down ever since. Yeah, I like your dad. He was in the Upset Tummy episode number two, right? That's him with the mustache. Yeah. Well, see, you're, <laughs> you're talking about going up to random males and, and chatting them up. You kind of do that in that episode, too. Yeah, exactly. See? Maybe maybe I'm actually just really thinking about these things. <laughs> I like that story. So my best Christmas uh, had to be the year that my sister was almost a year old. At the time, she was totally addicted to pacifiers. Uh, we called them binkies in my family, and she had like two of them. Uh, but she needed one. You know, anytime they left the house, they needed to have one handy just in case. Because um, she, she was a real binky junkie. And they had a hard time keeping track of them. There's only two of them because, uh, you know, babies spit out binkies just wherever. And when they see something else that they want to put in their mouth, like their foot or <laughs> dog chew toy or um, whatever other disgusting thing they want to put their baby mouths all over, they'll just spit out the binky on the floor. So you never know where the fuck that binky is. So I <laughs> thought it would be nice to... Instead of constantly searching the house for these two binkies, I thought, I'll just get, I'll get the family 10 binkies. So it'll be <laughs> five times easier to find one when you need it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I bought a bunch of them and I wanted her to open the package uh, herself. And she's not even a year old yet. Uh, she's like a, a week shy of a year. Aww. And um, I took all the packaging out. And wrapped them loose within some wrapping paper. So it's like this soft blob bundle of a present with tape and paper. And I just, I wanted her to like try to rip it open with her own baby hands or her own like, you know, her slobbery mouth or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when she finally gets it, it's, uh, it takes her a while to open it. She can't figure out that she's even supposed to open it for, for a while. But when she does... Uh, it's like a pinata of <laughs> binkies burst forth with like all these binkies of different colors spill <laughs> out all over the floor. That's so cute. And then she, she starts, she laughs. She thinks it's cute. She laughs her little gums laugh and she starts putting them all in her mouth one at a time. Like <laughs> she's trying to taste them all at once. <laughs> and uh, like it, it kind of reminded me of like Scrooge McDuck when he's swimming through money. It's like <laughs> her first lesson in abundance. Ducktails. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so tired and depressed. Oh man, Patrick, I'm sorry. That's okay. Now I'm gonna make you perform for us like a monkey. <laughs> okay. Well, this week I'm gonna sing. Have yourself a merry little Christmas because uh, it's a very pretty Christmas song, but it also seems it's not sad, but it just seems it is sad. That shit is depressing as fuck. No, listen to the the lyrics are "Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight." How is that depressing? The melody it doesn't matter. It, the melody is very deep. It's like the kind of smile that you put on when you're sad. That's that song. That's a really good way to put it. Uh, and that's why I chose it. Okay, here we go. Have yourself 
A merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on Our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be miles away Here we are as in olden days Happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the fates allow hang a shining star upon the highest and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Well, this has been Five Things in a Song, and please remember to email us at fivethingsinasong at gmail.com if you have a thing that we should talk about, or a song that I should sing. I'm Om76. And my name is Patrick Michael McGuire. And we will see you next week. Bye! Bye.